Luke 21, we'll start in verse 37. Uh, today's study has, has a title, which I don't do very often, but I've been thinking about it all week. Title is How to Be Like Judas. <laughs> that sounds horrible. But uh, how to be like Judas. It's a warning, all right, if you haven't figured that out. Start in verse 37. Luke 21. Uh, In the daytime, Jesus was teaching in the temple, and at night, he went out and stayed on the mountain called Olivet. Then early in the morning, all the people came to hear, uh, came came to him in the temple to hear him. So there's a little bit of a setup here. We we get a, a by the way here. Jesus was in the temple during the day. And at night, he went to the mountain. That's where he stayed, to the mount uh, called Olives there. And we understand that this is a little bit of a setup for something that's coming very soon. It is his betrayal in the garden. Uh, The Garden of Gethsemane is there on the Mount of Olives. Uh, And so that's where they stayed at night. Now, chapter 22 Now the Feast of Unleavened Bread drew near, which is called Passover. And the chief priests and scribes sought how they might kill him, for they feared the people. Then Satan entered Judas, whoa, surnamed Iscariot, who was numbered among the twelve. So he went his way and conferred with the chief priests and captains how he might betray him, to them, and they were glad and agreed to give him money. So he promised and sought opportunity to betray Jesus to them in the absence of the multitude. So here we see it's the week before the cross, even closer to that. Um, it's the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which is called Passover. Passover is part of the feast week-long feast of unleavened bread, uh, just to kind of get that in your mind. And the chief priests and the scribes, the teachers of the law, they want to kill Jesus. Their fear is the people, that Jesus is leading people from their authority to his authority, which is totally his right, but they don't like it. And they want to find a way to get rid of him. And the opportunity arises in verse 3. Satan, the Satan, (laughs) enters Judas Iscariot, one of the 12 disciples uh, there of Jesus' inner circle. So this is a pretty shocking thing here as Satan enters Judas. One commentator um, controversially says, uh, at this point, Judas was Satan incarnate, uh, perhaps. But we understand from this, it's bad. When, when you're filled with Satan, it's bad. And in this possession, Judas is inspired to betray Jesus to the religious authorities. Um, and within hours, he would do that. And within hours, he would commit suicide. And it's a bad, ugly scene. But Again, how to be a Judas, how to become someone who would betray Jesus like this. 
To see this, we have to rewind the story a little bit. So we have all this in mind, but we want to go back to Luke um, chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. So you can stay in the book of Luke, but go back to chapter 9. And we'll bounce around a little bit today. Luke chapter 9, verse 1. Verse 1, then Jesus, that's the he there, Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said to them, take nothing for the journey, neither staffs nor bag, bread nor money, uh, and do not have two tunics apiece. Whatever house you enter, stay there, and from there depart. And whoever will not receive you, when you go out of that city, shake the very dust from the, uh, your feet as a testimony to them. So he departed. Uh, so they departed, I'm sorry, verse 6, and went through the towns preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. So here, Jesus has called his disciples. He's called the 12 disciples. And Judas is one of those. Uh, Judas is really more from the name that we say Judas is from the Greek. Uh, the Hebrew, his name would probably be Judah, right? Uh, a very common name in the Old Testament, one of Jacob's 12 sons. And um, the name means um, confessor of Jehovah or praise. Uh, that's a nice name, Judah. It's a nice name, praise. And, and so here is Judas one of Jesus' disciples. And in verse one and two, we see that Jesus absolutely gives them supernatural ability to do things like cast out demons. That's pretty impressive. Um, cure diseases uh, and preach the gospel of the kingdom. And verse six, they went out, we read, doing that, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. This is the 12. Now, just think about that for a second, because here we see Judas is part of the 12. And Judas, as far as we can tell from this, is casting out demons. He's healing, being a part of healing people. He's preaching the gospel. He's a preacher. And, and yet, he's not everything that it seems. Uh, this is hypocrisy, right? And uh, the story is told of a man who was looking for a job. Jobs at this point were hard to come by. And so he got a job at a zoo. That sounds exciting, right? So he goes to the zoo uh, for this brand new job, and they tell him, well, it's a unique job that we have for you. It's a unique job. We want you to put on this gorilla suit. Okay. I need a job. I'll, I'll do it. And we want you to go to the gorilla exhibit because, um, you know, our... Yeah, right. <laughs> we want you to go to the gorilla exhibit and, and, and act like a gorilla because our gorilla is, is off. He's off right now. He's had some trouble. He's not here. And man, it's one of our most popular things. 
Act like a gorilla so we can get the people to still come. Okay, yeah, it's a job, I need it. So, you know, he's a little hesitant at first. He puts on the suit and he's like, <laughs> and then he starts to, you know, eat bananas, you know, and, and, and there's a trapeze there. He starts to swing on the trapeze and he's getting into it. He's playing it up, you know, he's like, <laughs> you know, or whatever gorillas do. And, um, and he's swinging on this trapeze. And he flings over the wall into the lion exhibit. And this lion starts coming at him. And he's like, no, 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 help, help, I'm going to die, help me. And the lion says, shh, cut it out, buddy, you're going to get us both fired. (laughs) (laughs) Hypocrisy. It's a dangerous deal. It'll take you a second, I know. (laughs) And the lion said, (laughs) okay, anyways, (laughs) hypocrisy is dangerous stuff. And here, Judas does everything, as far as we can tell, does everything that the other disciples did. Miracles, healings, preaching. As far as it goes, Judas is one of the 12. Luke chapter um, 9, verse 2. Why am I not looking at the Bible? (laughs) Luke chapter 9, verse 2. His 12 disciples together, and Judas is one of those 12. Um, We see this in Luke chapter 6, verse 13 that Jesus calls his disciples to himself. He also names them apostles. And then in verse 16, Judas, the son of James, not thou right, Judas, and Judas Iscariot, who also became a traitor. Uh, Also in Mark chapter 14, verse 43, we see when Judas comes for Jesus in the garden, immediately while he was still speaking, Judas, one of the 12, with a great multitude with swords and clubs. And so there's no doubt about it. Judas is actually one of the 12. Judas actually has a part in, in all these things. And this is to show us that doing spiritual things, being a part of religious things, is not enough. Uh, experiencing just miracles. That would be awesome to be a part of that. And yet it's not enough to save us. Doing religious things, hearing what Jesus has to say in his word, spending time in God's word, going to Bible studies. You know it, but think about it. It's not enough to save you because here's Judas, experience all of it. About three years of Jesus' ministry experienced it, and yet Judas wasn't changed. That's an important thing in becoming a Judas. Don't let those things change who you are on the inside. Now, let's turn to John chapter 12. Another lesson of how to be like Judas. John chapter 12, verse 4.
Turning is hard business. <laughs> All right. So to set the scene, in John chapter 11, Jesus has raised a man named Lazarus from the dead. It's pretty amazing. Uh, Lazarus's sister, Mary, is so grateful to Jesus. And in John chapter 12, while they're at supper around the table, Mary comes in with this expensive perfume and anoints Jesus with it. And in verse 6, but, as this is going on, but one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii, almost a year's wage, and given to the poor? This he said, not because he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box. And he used to take what was put in it. So here, as this wonderful thing is going down with Mary, and she's worshiping Jesus, um, Judas begins to see that perfume. Oh my goodness, I know how much that's worth. That's worth almost a year's wage. Crazy amount of money. And she's just pouring it on him. Ah! And he just kind of yells out, why? Wait, wait, why are we letting this go on? The poor, I mean, we could have sold this. You just poured it out. What, what in the world? And, and, and from his heart, he has this regret. Now, John lets us know, he didn't say this because he cared about the poor. Weren't hypocrisy, right? He didn't say this because he cared about the poor, but Judas was a thief. He was a thief because he stole. He became a thief. And, and he really didn't care for the poor. But verse 6, he had the money box. So a lot of people get from this that Judas was the treasurer of the group. As people donated money to Jesus' ministry, Judas was the treasurer, and he would take, notice the word verse six there, take, he would take what was put in it. Now, the word take, here's your little Greek time, which I know you're thrilled about. The word take there is in the imperfect tense, which, which means that it was a habit. It happened continuously. So Judas made a habit out of taking things from the treasury of Judas, uh, Jesus' ministry. Now, think about that for a second. It's a continuous thing that he would do to take from that. And you, you have to think back to what the first time might have been like. The first time was different than the last time he did it. You know, the first time, I'm just guessing there was this conviction Right? We all, you know, when we do things the first time when we sin, there's this conviction because the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin and righteousness and judgment to come. There's this kind of prodding in his heart. You can't take from Jesus' ministry. How could you do that? And then maybe there was a justification over it. Um, you know, maybe, maybe he thought, you know, I am the treasurer, and the treasurer ought to get a little something. It's not such a big deal that I buy a new robe so I can look the part. Yeah, on the budget, you know? And then as time went on, he just did it. 
It was a continuous habit. That's the way it always goes down. And, and this can happen to any of us. Allowing sin to become a habit in our lives can happen to any of us as sin becomes part of our life. And, and so all at once, Judas says, wait, wait, don't do that. Wait, this could be sold, given to the poor. And out of his heart comes words. And we get to see a little bit of what's going on in his heart. But God always knew it. God always knew what was in Judas's heart. And perhaps Judas knew what was in his heart. And the key here is to deal with it. The Bible teaches us to pluck it out as if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It's got to be painful. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It's got to be painful. It's aggressive. Deal with it. James chapter 5, verse 16 says, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And, and, and some of that is in a relationship to just be able to say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. <laughs> and, and that's hard. But some of that is what we're here for, right? That's why we meet. is so that we get to know each other's life and the things that we struggle with. And, and I can say to some, you know, pray for me. I'm really having a hard time with this in my life. Um, that's hard to do. It's really hard to take that step and say, I really want you to help me. Will you help me? But Judas made a habit of it. He made a habit of sin, and it became part of his life over time. Last one, and one of the the hardest ones, Matthew chapter 27. Matthew 27. We see how it all ends. Verse 3. Judas has come to Jesus in the garden. He's betrayed him with a kiss. The religious leaders have given him 30 pieces of silver. Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that Jesus had been condemned, was remorseful and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said to us, or they said, what is that to us? It's your problem. See to it. Then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. That's Horrible way, I know, to, to end the study. But, but we see here in verse 3, he was remorseful. Um, that's repentance of the mind. It's, it's when our minds turn away from one direction that we're going and realize it's wrong, right? And it happens in our head. We realize that what we're doing is wrong. And Judas was remorseful. He maybe cried about it. He understood, I've done the wrong thing. I betrayed my master, Jesus. And, and, ah, and there he is. He's, he's being tried. 
And, and he has this regret in his mind, maybe even in his heart. In verse four, there's confession. Uh, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. Confession is one of those Bible words. It just means to say the same thing, to agree with someone. Uh, in the case of sin, it's to agree with God. You were right, I was wrong. God, you're righteous, I'm sinful. And we admit that, that's difficult to do, but it's definitely the road to repentance. So Judas had a change of mind, a change of heart. He had confession. I agree, I was wrong. Everybody, I was wrong. But there's no change of of life. He didn't turn from his sin and truly turn to Jesus. Now, I realize he didn't really give us time to know that that's true or not. He went and he hanged himself. But, but here we can see that he just did not turn to Jesus. For whatever reason, he did not. And Satan lied to him. Because Satan lies. Satan always lies. And he lied to him and said, you know what? There's no hope for you. There is absolutely no hope that you're going to be forgiven. Why don't you just kill yourself? It's harsh. But that's what Satan does because Satan lies and he wants to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And so he tells Judas, just forget about it and go kill yourself. And yet, I think, when I read the Bible, this is what I get from it, that God's desire for Judas. Now, some people have trouble with me even saying this, maybe. But God's desire for Judas was repentance. Because 2 Peter 3.9 says, God desires that all should repent. All should turn from their sin and turn to God. So here, I think the opportunity is there to turn back to Jesus. As long as we're breathing, as long as we're breathing, there's an opportunity to repent. No matter what the consequences in our life have been, there's an opportunity to repent as long as we're alive. I think that's true for everyone. And yet, Judas is controlled by despair and not repentance. And he went, went and hung himself. Now, um, I, I, I often have a soundtrack. <laughs> I often have a soundtrack for the study that, you know, I listen to while I study. And I'm, I'm just kind of weird that way. Like, I kind of know which way it's going. And I put some emotional behind it. And I was listening to um, Mozart. I know, you're surprised. I'm that classic. <laughs> I was listening to Mozart's Requiem, A Mass for the Dead. Um, and... and it, there's a little story on that, that Mozart wrote it uh, on his deathbed, never finished it. Now, you listen to this requiem, and it is heavy as most requiems would be, <laughs> right? And he has songs like, Dies Day of Wrath. Oh, man. <laughs> he has a song that's called, Rex, means the king, right? And here's this dread you can kind of get. In, in this whole thing of just, it's the day of wrath. The king is coming. In this total dread, 
at the end of his life. And uh, it, it, it was effective for getting me in a heavy mood. <laughs> but, but here, with that heaviness, day of wrath, that's the truth. And we are all under God's wrath and God's justice. We all deserve judgment. And yet God, even when we were still sinners, just as bad as Judas, there's no gradient of sin, right? Just as bad as Judas, even while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And that's how he shows his love for us, Romans 5, 8 says. And so as long as a person has breath, we don't have to be a Judas. It doesn't matter if we've experienced spiritual things and do religious things. That's not enough if we're not changed on the inside. You know, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't matter if we've been in a, a, a continuous sin and we're stuck. We're slaves to that sin like Judas was, stealing the money, living for money. God can change us. It doesn't matter if we've come to the very end and we're like, what else is there to do? I don't have anything else. Jesus can change us. There's always time for repentance as long as we're breathing. And the life of Judas, this is, I know this has been a heavy Sunday morning, but it's a warning. We got to be his on the inside, not just the outside. We know, God knows And yet God loves us so much that he calls out to us and gives us chances and wants us to repent. Um, No matter what it is in our life, uh, to turn to him is what what we need. God, um, I know that you don't want any of us to be like Judas. Um, A wasted life to say the least. But yet, God, you called him. I know you know everything, but you called him to be one of your disciples. And what amazing potential there was in that. And, and that night before you went to the cross, you washed his feet and loved him. God, you love us. I just pray. It always feels like... I don't want to assume anything of anyone in this room that, that, that they would have trouble with sin, that they would be going the wrong direction. But God, we can, and you don't want that. God, help us to turn to you every single day of our life. Just keep our eyes on you. You're so good. You're so kind. God, work these things into our heart. I also pray that you would give us the strength. If... If this week, maybe we have a friend who who needs to know that there's hope. God, I just pray you give us strength to share the wonderful truth of what you did for them. God, because you love them. God, work these things into our hearts, even as we go in Jesus' name.